0: All right, welcome back to Menace Podman, your NBA and Fantasy Basketball podcast. I'm Scott Keller, along with Steve St. Pierre. We are at week 10 of the NBA season. Hopefully everybody had a great Christmas. How was your Christmas? Oh, it was awesome, man.
1: Had a really good time. Um, my kids got completely spoiled again, uh, but I got spoiled too. I won a um, fantasy championship in my Keeper Football League. You know, thanks in, in part to yourself. <laughs> uh for giving me some advice on replacing uh Keenan Allen in my lineup at wide receiver. So, I appreciate yep. your help with that.
0: Yeah, I think I gave you what DeMarcus Robinson.
1: Yes, you did. Yeah, and you a, you uh yeah. recommended that I add him and I did and it worked out really really well. It pretty
0: much won me the championship. So, thank you for for that. Anytime, you're welcome. I'm glad I could play a part in somebody's fantasy playoffs because I didn't get to play a part in any of mine. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, I had a really good time too at Aunt Cindy and Uncle Dan's. I uh, did some major celebrating and kind of scared the hell out of everybody. <laughs> it's
0: fantastic. <laughs> I always actually that reminds me I got to send them a, a message, but I always get the uh, the invite over there, but it's always right on Christmas Day, and yep. just does not work out for us. So. Yeah. Oh wow. Well. Oh well. One shout day. out to them. So but you guys had a good holiday? Yeah. No, we had a great holiday as well. We uh yeah, the usual, you know, have some uh crisp, actually really unfortunate event. We went to a church on Christmas Eve at four o'clock. Um and the Detroit Lions were <laughs> wrapping up their game against the Minnesota Vikings yeah. as I was in at mass. Um but yeah, I got I was, you know, there were some people in church. You could tell they were watching stuff on their phones. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, I wasn't the it's only one. the way to do it. Yeah, I wasn't the only one paying attention. But, yeah, I, I texted some of our friends, and I was like, man, I never I never sang Hallelujah so loud <laughs> with so much passion as I did uh, that afternoon. So, yeah, obviously, we're starting off all football-related <laughs> here on our basketball podcast. But, uh, yeah. yeah, no, big deal, big deal to uh, uh, turn the fortunes around. Of at least one of our teams in Detroit.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. We'll be talking about another one that's going in a different direction.
0: Exactly. But no, great Christmas, no complaints. Uh, had some hibachi and all that good stuff. So it was it was a good time. Hey, anyways, uh, let's see. We'll pop in. Uh, let's, let's start with the first thing.
1: Name on your paper. First thing.
0: So uh, this first thing is, I guess it's not kind of on par with all of our other first things that are usually, uh, really, you know, a little tug at the heartstrings a little bit more, but this one, we're just going to talk about shoes again for some odd reason. <laughs> we talk about, I don't know why this top, I mean, I guess it's basketball, right? Basketball shoes are a big deal. So That's we seem cool. to be, we seem to be talking about basketball shoes a lot. Um, uh, let's see. You, you actually, I don't even know what order to talk to these in, but, um, I kind of feel like, so you sent me this, uh, new ad for, uh, uh, Nikola Jokic, ahead, uh, he left Nike, um, joined what, three, 361, 361 Degrees, which is a yeah. Chinese company, which I believe that's the same company that's stealing, you know, everybody, right? I think that's like, well, maybe there's some other companies in China, I'm sorry, that are probably competing against one another.
1: Yeah, there have been a few of them. It's hard to keep tabs on everything.
0: So like Kyrie signed one and all these people are, you know, signing shoe deals over there i feel like yeah. basically china shoe companies are now like the I guess like the live golf kind of <laughs> in a way they're just <laughs> paying an absurd amount of money to you know just uh take people's away uh, take people away and uh give them contracts and whatever uh people do people do a lot of stuff for money that they probably wouldn't do and we'll talk about that a little bit later too but um, business is business <laughs> exactly but uh so that's out there there's a commercial oh yeah you sent me that commercial just before we uh, uh started recording and uh at, it's an awful commercial commercial i think <laughs> it's like Jokic is just shooting a ball across the country or the world swishes it somewhere over in china but uh I don't know. It's an ugly shoot too. I, think. But <laughs> I I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, pretty much the same. Yeah. It's, I, uh... I, it's so funny too, when you see Jokic in commercials or just watch him play basketball, dude doesn't look like he has any skill at all. He just looks like a, I don't know. I, I can't think of a positive word, but his... Just, you just look at the guy and you're like, man, this guy doesn't look like he can.
1: And yet, an Bam had bio. Yeah, Bam had a bio. Bam Adebayo. Came Adebayo. out the other day and said, Jokic is easily the hardest player to guard in the yep. NBA right now. So,
0: probably yeah. for that reason. Yeah. And I, I can see that. Um, and I, I can see other guys getting close to being that maybe in the, the next couple of years, like, uh, like my boy Chet Holmgren. I can see him being one of the, a very difficult guy to guard in a few years here, but yeah, you get these these big men, three tier players that have so much to their repertoire. It's uh makes it difficult. But um, anyways, moving on from him, other shoes though. I saw a picture. I actually retweeted, uh, Anthony Simons. He actually created his own. So basically, the Sabrina ones, right? You can make your custom Sabrina ones, and you can go on Nike.com or wherever exactly it is, uh, whatever link. And you can basically customize the Sabrina ones to, you know, they they got a few different symbols you can use, but colors, a a great variety of colors that you can use. And then, you know, all different details and different parts of that shoe that you can customize. Nonetheless, I want to do that one day. I'm going to have to make yeah, myself some sweet. Sabrina ones. The Sabrina ones look awesome too, I think. And they look comfortable as heck. I haven't tried one on, but I need to. Uh, but they look sweet. They look amazing. Um, so I'll have to do some of that. But Anthony Simon's getting back to him. He actually customized a Bruce Lee inspired Sabrina ones. So they're like red and yellow. And uh, I tweeted a picture out, though, so you can take a look at those. Um, and then we also, so, and actually, price point, let's go back to that. Sabrina ones, if you buy. Not the buy you ones, the custom ones are 130. Custom ones are 160. Actually, not a pr- bad price point for some uh, basketball shoes these days. Yeah, it's a good deal. But um, yeah, so this one's going to segue into our next topic. Um, but Cade Cunningham also wore some Sabrina ones the other day, and they were kind of the bad boys inspired uh, colors, so like the orange and black, whatnot. So he also had the Custom Sabrina ones by you as well the other day. I didn't see that. I'm going to have to check those out. Yeah, I I retweeted that as well. So you can see it right on our our page here. But so, yeah, that leads us into no longer the uh, good news first thing. We now got to get into uh, the bad news with the bad boys. Um, (laughs) They, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, there's a lot we can say. We'll start with, right? They have had their what the 27th consecutive loss that was. No. Um, it's just putrid, it's awful, it feels awful. Um, but us in Detroit, we are no stranger to setting records <laughs> for losing records and for all of our franchise actually. Um, if you go back to 21st century, so after 2000, right, um, we've had an Owen 16. Lions team in 2008, yeah. uh, the, the Tigers in 03 tied the record for most losses in a season when they went 43 and 119. Uh, you can go to hockey. Uh, the 19, let's see, was it the, yeah, the 1920 Red Wings, I believe. So 2019, 2020, um, 17, 49, and five, they were awful. Um, and I think that's the most losses in the, you know, the 21st century for NHL team. Um, it's bad. It's really bad. And <laughs> Now, yeah. if we keep it up, we could be one of the worst NBA teams ever uh, as far as losses. And, you know, we just got to beat out those process 76ers of the mid two twenty fifteen. 2015. What was that? 2016. I think it was. Uh, the 2010s. Yeah. So they went like what, 10 and 72. I think they were that year. Um, so, yeah, we're easily on pace to be that bad or worse.
1: Yeah, and what sucks too, man, is that like all those teams that you mentioned, they all had like flaws that just completely stood out. You know, the Pistons, you know, they have their own set of flaws, but I mean, coming into the season, you and I especially, we were both so excited about this team. They're young, they've got all kinds of like up and coming players. Um, they got a, a a guy that you and I both were so pumped about, um, as far as their head coach, Monty Williams. I mean, one of the biggest hirings, you know, in Detroit sports history, he's the highest paid coach in history, and it's just been so disappointing, and, you know, if you look at each player individually, you know, there isn't anybody that really stands out where it's like, they're hurting the team, you know, I think it's just the mix of players as a whole just isn't working, but like, for anybody who watched the game last night, December 26th, Cade Cunningham. I mean, he just, you, you can't fault anything that he did or has done. No, he looked incredible. He put the team on his shoulders and tried to will them to their first win. You know, so yeah. <laughs> no, it's all of
0: November and December here. He's been nothing short of fantastic really all year. And obviously a bright spot to look at. I mean, I know they're that like you were talking about that game the other night, um, I mean, he was on a tear right there at the end, right? I think he scored on like four straight possessions, if I remember right, right down the stretch at the end there. Yep. And then all of a sudden they took a timeout, and then Alec Burks shot up some god awful contested three point shot. Um, yeah,
1: I wasn't happy about that. Um, yeah,
0: and that and, and that's
1: bad coaching, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it, you know, Monty Williams, you and I both love the guy, you know, and and he's got a track record. I mean, it's not like. He's just a nice guy. Like he's been a very good coach. There's a reason that Tom Gores paid him what he paid him. And, you know, for everybody that's ripping on Tom Gores, I mean, you can't really even rip on him too much because he's doing everything that he can to try to make this team as competitive as possible.
0: And, yeah. I, I mean, I guess I, yeah, unfortunately I see both sides of the coin with this one because it. Monty Williams, like you said, we we love. I I think he's great, I and mean, he's he's got a track record of wins. Obviously, yeah. I've, I've seen some stats now today. That's you know him with Chris Paul, him without Chris Paul. You can make those arguments, whatever. But I mean, Chris Paul is a he's the point God, right? He's one of the yeah. best point guards to play a game. So <laughs> obviously, teams he's on are going to be successful teams most of the time. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm starting to get to that point where I'm I. Tom Gores, to me, he lacks passion and actual love for the game. And it annoys the fuck out of me a lot. Yeah, And I feel like I went back actually before we did this podcast and I started watching press conferences and interviews from one right when he bought the team, which was, I think that's like 12 years ago now. I think it's been a, quite a while. It's over a decade, yep. I'm pretty sure. Yep. It was about 12 years ago, 2011. And then, okay. And then... Uh, I watched some of the press conferences when he was, you know, when they're announcing Monty Williams, uh, introducing him basically, and then some other interviews of when, you know, like Brad Galey from like Channel Seven's talking to him and stuff about the same time, and he he sounds like such a bullshit artist, like and uh, and I know exactly. he is, he and is and like for and, sure, and everything he says I hate. He just seems like a slimy fucking slime ball, and I can't stand it, and he just. I feel like the hiring of Monty Williams was just to be like, hey, we got the highest paid coach and we got him type thing. Go out there. And I don't know if he was really, I, th- in my mind at the time of the hiring, I thought he was the right coach because I thought, oh, he's going to develop some young guys. He's really good. I, I like his relationship and he's just a relatable guy that you kind of feel for. He feels like a human being, but I'm also getting to the point where I'm feeling like they just threw the truck at him and he. I mean, he immediately said it when we hired him that he yeah. didn't want to come coach for us, right? He didn't even mm-hmm. want to. He didn't want to coach anymore. I don't think. I think he was kind of done.
1: I don't know and, if he was done, done, but I think he wanted a break. I think he was looking yeah. forward to just having some time with his family. And you know, we talked about his wife working through, you know, exactly cancer I just, treatment
0: and stuff. I just feel like at this point, you know, you're starting to see that he wasn't. I I can't speak for the man, right? But it feels like he's wasn't emotionally prepared to take this on at this point, but then somebody just threw a bunch of money at him and he's like, okay, I can't pass that up. And I feel like that's what we're seeing right now is just all that come to fruition.
1: Yeah, we are. And if you watch any of the games, you know, he just, you know, and even after the game, you know, he gets on the podium and says the same thing. He says, blame me. Don't blame the players, but like, okay, what adjustments are you making though? You know, and, and during the games, you know, there's no, like you said, there's no emotion, you know, nobody's, everybody's just kind of putting their heads down and, you know, nobody's taking the challenge on and saying, all right, we, you know, we need to do uh, individually. Each of us needs to look in the mirror and do something to, to end this. And I felt like, like I said, Cade Cunningham, if you watched him, you know, or if you, if you've been watching him, he's doing everything in his, you know, in his bag
0: possible to try to, help this team he puts Um, up like 48 and 6 and then you look at a picture of him at the end of the game and he looks like somebody killed his dog like yeah (laughs) Um, I've never seen that
1: boy on Bogdanovich you know he was out for a long time we talked all about it but since he's come back I mean he's doing his part you know he's scoring he's playing hard he's not an athletic guy but you know again I'm referencing the game you know December 26th against the Brooklyn Nets he's out there guarding Mikel Bridges and you know, he's going at it with them. He's physical. He's staying in front of him. I mean, you can't really do any more than that. So, you know, those guys are doing their part. Um, we'll get to, you know, injury news and stuff later, but Jalen Duran came back and he looked great, played really hard, played well. Um, it's just frustrating, man. But I think it it's definitely like we said, with Monty Williams, there has to be more emotion. You know, um during the games, there has to be adjustments and and There comes a point where you have to challenge each player and say, you know, you take on your man, you know, and in terms of defense, like you go man to man, you stay in front of your man, you stay between your man and the bucket. Don't let him go by you. And, you know, if he, if he gets by you, you don't ask for help. You get back, you follow him, you know, play physical. And this is Detroit, you know, I don't want to, Homer out here too much, but, um, you know, this is Detroit and, and that's, well, all of our teams that have had success, you know, it's because they've taken on that mentality of it's truly us against them. And, you know, we're going to be physical and we're going to intimidate, you know, and the Pistons are nowhere near that. And, and they have the youth, the athleticism, the size, it's just, it's just not working. Nothing's
0: working. Yeah, I don't and I don't think it's home wearing out at this point, honestly, because No, it's national um, news. It's all incorrect. over correct. Yep, it's all over the place. Um, yeah, our buddy Shmite mm-hmm. said he was <laughs> not really sure why he's watching the news from London, but
1: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. shout out to him
0: for yeah. that. you know, they're talking about it, talking about Formula One, they're talking about all the European football soccer and then they're talking about the Pistons being awful. So um yeah, it's crossing the the globe, and it's and it's high news everywhere. Um, I, I guess I, I can take another stance on that too, where I'm like, man, we are so negative. <laughs> like everything is not that it's not unwarranted, and they don't deserve it, right? It's 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 there. Yeah. But like man, how do you in today's society in today's day and age, like you can't get out from under it. It's just in your face all the time, and I, I, it's got to be so hard to get out from under that and and try and write the ship and turn it. But then at the same time, how much that should be motivation to do everything you can to just get a goddamn win. Just get one, just, just well, one. <laughs> here, here's the point that I wanted
1: to make. And I wanted to put a different spin on this that yeah. nobody else is talking about. Everybody's talking about the fact that this is the biggest losing streak. It's making all the kinds of news and you know, it's, it's horrible negative attention and that's all warranted. Absolutely. But, and I've said this before, I'm going to say it again right now. I'll take this over being just it stuck in the middle. I'll take mm. this over going out and paying two or three guys the max and saying, come save us, come dig us out of this and have us be a, you know, 10 seed or something like that. Like sneak into the play in, and then get our asses kicked in the playoffs and have nothing to show for it. Now, I know we're obviously a really bad team right now, but if you look at the roster, it's all young players on affordable contracts, and I do not want to jeopardize that. So anybody that's going to come and say, yeah, but they're not winning, they're not winning, we're not going to win if we go out and get a Zach Levine Or, you know, whoever else that's going to just come in and maybe make us better from a win standpoint. But at the end of the day, are they really going to be able to compete for a championship? No. And will they ever have a ceiling that will exceed that? No. Um, These guys right now in the Pistons, obviously, like we said, the mix just isn't there. Um, You know, individually, there's talent and there's depth but obviously it's just not meshing right now, but they have the ability, and this is where Troy Weaver really needs to step up and do something here, but they have tons of movable pieces. In fact, their whole team is consisted of movable pieces, and as long as we're able to keep making moves and keep trying, that's the flexibility that I want to be able to have until we're a true championship contender. If we're just a team that's going to be stuck in the middle. And I'll use the Chicago Bulls as an example. We've talked all about them, how they took the same team that they had last year and are just running it back again. If you're a Bulls fan right now, how good do you feel about your team? Are you, you know, 27 losses in a row and, you know, the laughing stock of the world? No. But are you that much closer to being a true contender for a title? No you're not and that's just one example and so you know for the teams that are truly contending right now you know yeah we wish that we could be in those you know in those shoes but if you're not a true contender in my opinion you're better off keeping flexibility on your roster acquiring young players and evaluating those players and figuring out who fits for the long-term, who fits well together, who's worth keeping and who's worth getting rid of. And it takes time. That process takes a lot of time. But you're better off doing that than you are just going out and getting a couple guys so that you can, quote, go for the playoffs or, quote, be somewhat competitive. That's not where you want to ultimately be. And if you do wind up there, it's a lot harder to get out of that as opposed to being a team like the Pistons that has a lot of flexibility right now and a lot of ability to make moves and make changes, and that's what they need to do. I mean, Troy Weaver needs to get aggressive here. He needs to have a big, you know, trade deadline. He needs to move some pieces around. Um, I wouldn't just say blow it up and move everybody uh, because, again, you know, individually they've got a ton of talent. Cade Cunningham, I, I, I would not – uh, move him under any circumstance right now. I just think he's a perfect guy to build around. Um, you know, he does have to stay healthy, which he has this season. Uh, but he's been great. Jalen Duran is back now. Like we said, we'll get more into him in a little bit. He's a guy that I'm not interested in moving right now. Um, and and, and Jaden Ivey, I, I know he and Cade don't fit well together. But as long as they're both on their rookie contracts, and Ivey's going to be for a couple more years here, um, I don't think it it makes a lot of sense to just give up on him. Um, now, if they can get something really good for him right now, that's great. But I'm assuming that's not the case because uh, he really hasn't looked that good. He's been in and out of the lineup due to injury. And obviously, you know, they're not winning any games. So <laughs> he's not really making himself look too good there. Um, but do they need to move? Um, James Weissman's expiring contract. Yeah, I think they do. They need to try to get something for him or at the very least just cut him and, you know, move on and and make more room for other guys that should be out there getting opportunities. All-star Thompson, you know, a guy that we talk about all the time on this podcast for good reason. um, But he only played nine minutes last night and I know he's battling an illness right now, but to me, that's inexcusable. He's a guy that goes out, um, you know, Works his ass off. We talked all about it last month, how good he was, you know, in terms of the stats, in terms of how he was, he was playing individually. Yeah.
0: He was like third on the rookie of the year ladder for a long time there earlier yeah. this year. And then yeah. that just got destroyed. Yeah. Um, you got guys like Killian Hayes. Can we just cut that guy loose by now? Like- yeah. He's the <laughs> other one that I said.
1: Um, they need to trade him right oh, now. I'm sorry. And, that. and, yeah. and it's, um, no, I was going to say, I was just about to say it. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Yeah. But no, he's the other one that like, we definitely need to trade him. Um, He's the other expiring contract, just like Weissman Uh, trade him right now, get something for him, or at the very least, you know, make some room and give some other opportunities. Um, Your boy Marcus Sasser, every time that he's out there, he's working hard. He deserves more time. And if they're going to be losing games, and that's on Monty Williams, that starts with Monty Williams. He needs to make adjustments. Um, The double big lineup of Dern and Stewart. It just hasn't
0: really worked. It's funny because the he is making adjustments and sometimes he's like the adjustments he's making is too many adjustments that aren't right the right adjustments. Again,
1: it's just it's, the the mix just isn't working. Like so individually, these guys all have value. You can see, yeah. you know, and anybody who knows basketball, you know, these guys all have talent, but um uh, yeah. yeah, it's just not a good mix right now. But that's where you just have to shuffle in and out. If you're Monty Williams, if if you're Troy Weaver. Um, I just want to make one more quick point about Tom Gores too You talked all about him, and yeah. I agree with everything that you said. I think the fans are frustrated with him because you look at these other owners they're present they're there um they they live in the market of the team that they own they're at the games they're fired up you know we we We've seen guys like Mark Cuban, you and I have talked all about him and how much mm-hmm. we admire him, not only from you know obviously a business standpoint and how successful he's been you know in life but strictly as a, a, an NBA owner, he's at the games, you know, he's wearing the t-shirt he's fired up. He's sitting with the fans. He's high-fiving people. Tom Gores, isn't doing that. You know, he comes to, you know, maybe like two or three games a year or something like that and throws a and couple then
0: t-shirts out and throws a couple t-shirts a out.
1: Yeah. Hops on a plane and leaves, uh, doesn't have any actual interaction with the fans um, you know, goes on these Zoom meetings or whatever and, t- and tells reporters to tell the fans that he says not to panic. Yep. And I think that's a big problem. And that's and- something where that's not going to change anything. Like, so even if the Pistons start winning a few games here, um, the fans are still going to be pissed off, you know, for that reason.
0: Community is a big thing that drives me nuts with him, too, because he he, like I said, he talks all that. shit. moving the community. He talks all that bullshit. And when he first got hired and all through the time, he goes, they'd be like, yeah, we're, you know, we're disappointed the Pistons are losing, but we moved them back to Detroit. I don't give a shit, right? That's Thank great, you. but who gives a shit? Um, I opened this brand new playoff or playoff practice facility. I don't care. (laughs) Like He's like, we're doing this stuff for the community. We're doing this. You're not doing shit for the community other than bringing the community down by creating a putrid-looking NBA team that nobody is proud to have be their basketball team, and you're making the community feel worse right now because of all the shit that you don't do and think is great. If you just throw money at something, that doesn't fix shit. That doesn't make anybody feel good just because you... You know, I bought this or I gave you this. So
1: yeah, and the know. other thing, the other knock on him too is that he's got you know too many people, you know too many advisors, too many different people, too many different um, cooks in the kitchen. And you know i I don't think any of I don't think any of us can really speak on that because we don't know. Um, but that's just kind of the rumblings and stuff. That's what certain people talk about. Um, if any of that's true, that's all something that he needs to go back and fix. And um, until he does that. You know, a lot of these things are going to continue. A lot of people are going to speculate on things and that's not good.
0: Yeah. And, and like you see the I relate this to NHL a little bit too, but we have like the Illich's owning the wings and a lot of shit, not good lately. Right. But what do they do? They bring in Steve Eiserman, a guy who's actually going to care about the community that he's around, spent time in you know, his whole life. And obviously the fans are going to rally around that too. Correct, and and cares about the team as well and the success of the team and the legacy of the team, the history of the team. That's another thing you go down. Like the Pistons aren't just some shit franchise. They have like rich NBA history and you're taking it like within the last, what, two decades, well, a little less than two decades, right? 15 years or so and just yeah. kind of tarnishing it a little bit, just yeah. destroying it. um But then another thing I had to say was with these teams, like we have the Spurs and the Wizards and the Pistons are combined 11 for 77 as of as we're recording this. Um, and for some odd reason, we're not talking about the Spurs and Wizards enough because they haven't lost consecutively. Yeah, 27 that's just times. it. And
1: that, and yeah, that kind of plays into my point of yeah, we've got the biggest target right now, the biggest bullseye, we're the biggest laughing stock. But these other teams, you know, there's 30 teams in the NBA. How many of those teams are legit contenders right now? And other than those teams, everybody else is pretty much in the same boat as the Pistons, you know, in terms of like, you're not a true contender. Therefore, you know, what are you doing, you know, in long-term? How are you making yourself better? How are you, how are you getting to that point to where you're going to contend? At least with the Pistons, you can say, well, they're all young. They've all, you know, got relatively cheap contracts or movable contracts. And as long as that's the only point that I want to make, if if we're not going to be a contender for the championship, I want to continue to have as much flexibility as possible. Uh, but with that comes the expectation that, you know, again, the front office is going to do everything in their power to make changes and not just make changes to make changes But actually, you know, continue to make strategic moves to give the team a a chance to get better internally um, and and over the the long term, you know, guys that can grow and develop together. And again, if you choose that path, it does take time because these guys are young. um, They've got to continue playing and, and getting better as individuals, but then also like as a unit they have to get better and, and, and get more comfortable with each other and play off each other. And, um, you know, obviously the glaring need for the Pistons is shooting. They need to space the floor better. Um, they, no wings, you know, <laughs> no wings that, that have the ability to knock down shots, you know, and, and, and space the floor. So, you know, Joe Harris is a guy, a veteran guy, well-respected in the NBA. He's a guy that has not played much at all this year. He's been out. And, um, you know, if if they can get him going, get him on the court and utilize him, he's a guy that could maybe help Um, or getting guys like him, you know, but it's just, you know, rolling the same lineups out there and doing the same thing and and expecting different results. That's not going to work. And that's on Monty Williams. So um, what I want to see is just kind of, you know, and I know you said too, Monty has made some adjustments and he's, and he's maybe made too, too big of adjustments like we said, taking all-star Thompson out of the rotation. I don't agree with that at all. Um, but, yeah, I, it's just tough because, you know, individually these guys are are doing a good job. You know, Duran's a, a good up-and-coming center, really good. Uh, we talked all about Cade Cunningham. Bogdanovich right now, I mean, as long as they have him, I mean, you kind of have to use him. He's, he's a, an awesome scorer. He's the one guy who can knock down shots consistently from the perimeter and space the floor. And gave and give Kate Cunningham somebody to actually you know pass it out to when he drives to the basket um, but yeah, man, it's just it's frustrating,
0: yeah, I guess I would say, um, too, you talked about you'd rather be in this situation right, where you have some uh, room that basically you're at rock bottom right now, but there's not anybody pushing you down to stay there right now. there's the opportunity to you know, kind of rebuild from here, I guess. Yeah. I mean, long-term anyway. I'm not talking about this season. Oh, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about long-term. Yep. Yep. For sure. But um, I would agree. I think we've been in way worse situations in past seasons with those huge contracts and things like that than we are right now. So,
1: and we um, talk about the draft lottery and we talk about how um, you can really get screwed with that. And that's true. <laughs> that's absolutely true. Yeah. But as long as it's there, as long as it's in existence, that's an opportunity for a really bad team to get a really good pick and maybe you know go in a different direction. But again, if you're in the middle of the pack, you don't get that opportunity. And that's my main point that I want to make is as bad as this is and as bad as it looks and feels right now, just keep that in mind. And, and you know you can make the argument that the system needs to change and they shouldn't be doing the lottery and all that stuff. But until they make any changes to that, And this is the system that's going to be in place. It's more beneficial to be really, really bad record wise than it is to be in the middle of the pack, but yet still not be able to truly contend.
0: Agreed. Yeah. I guess we've talked about this enough, but (laughs) it's funny because I, we go keep comparing it. Like I said, at the, the top here where we have all these other losing teams within, you know, the last 20 years that we've, um, had to witness and endure. And then I, I think about some of them and really the only one that had a losing culture so much is the lines for a long time. Right. Yeah. And it kind of feels like, I mean, once you do this for so long, you start creating that culture and the pistons, I feel like are starting to create. They culture are, they are. Things. And, and that's sucks. the thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's the thing that's really concerning. And again, like it starts with like, you know, the, everyone's got to step up and do more. You know, the players have to start taking more accountability and not just putting their heads down and pouting. Um, but start playing more physical, you know, start taking it personally. You know, go back to the basics. Everybody talks about all the different schemes and stuff, offensively and defensively. But, like, if you're Monty Williams, just tell your players, hey, look, go out there and guard your man. Stay in front of him. Don't let him score. Make them score over you. Or follow him Be physical. You know, get back to doing the things that have made – the Detroit Pistons, one of the most successful organizations in NBA history. Um, And then, mm-hmm. and then Troy Weaver, like we said, you know, don't just settle with, you know, having that flexibility, go out and utilize it, you know, move some of these guys that clearly aren't in the mix for the future. You know, the, the Weissman's and the Hayes, you know, move them, either trade them and get something for them, or at the very least just, you know, cut them and move on and give give some opportunities to you know some of these other guys and just keep trying different things and again like i said nobody at this point is expecting this season to have any kind of a bounce back or anything but like moving forward like you said you don't want to like get guys complacent and get comfortable with this losing environment and not making any kind of changes or or trying anything different in terms of rotations and stuff and then like we said man with tom gore's he can talk all he wants, but until he starts coming to the games and physically interacting with fans, um, you know, and showing that he's a part of this community that he's trying to move
0: so much. Um yeah. nothing's gonna change across the board. No, I wouldn't I don't know if Tom Gorris has Sheila Ford's hamps number, but go ahead and give her a call and see if, you know, she wants to purchase the pistons to me. <laughs> i would i would be a huge fan of that 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 would be great at least she who would
1: have thought anybody would say that two three
0: years ago but exactly but
1: no i mean and and in comparison the things that she's done um you know and and she brought on a coach a young guy um with not a lot of experience but a guy who truly cares and you know Football, basketball—they're totally different. And obviously, right now, um, Lions and Pistons completely different directions. But like, if you watch Dan Campbell, and if you just um, see him, talk to him, or anything, you could just—you can see the passion. That's the kind of passion that Monty Williams or whoever's coaching this team has to have. It's also the passion that the front office has to have. It's the passion that the owner has to have. We're not seeing that passion, and it's—and it's easy to say. Well, you know, what's to be passionate about when you suck and you're losing. But again, this is a young up and coming team that has individual talent. It's, you know, there's, there's plenty of room to grow. And so if you're a member of the organization, you should have that, you know, confidence and you should have some swagger, you know, as crazy as it sounds, because Dan Campbell, when he got hired to coach the lions, when he first took over that team, Obviously, nobody thought the Lions were any good, but he came in and said, "We're going to build this thing," and if and, and he stuck to it, every single game, every press conference, everything, you can see that that man truly cares, and the players they feed off of that, and so Monty Williams right now needs to look in the mirror, and actually, you know, you said, "Can Ford give Gore's her number?" I think Campbell should give
0: uh, Monty Williams his number, and they should Agreed. have a talk. Agreed. All right. Um. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. I just noticed today is December twenty seventh. So twenty seven is something's happening here. Anyways, uh, interesting number. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, yeah I I would say that there's one person that's probably very happy that the Detroit Pistons are setting you know consecutive losing records, and that's gonna be Ja Morant. Um, I don't know if. How many people have actually seen that? But he last night against the New Orleans Pelicans, they went to they went to overtime. Uh, they shouldn't have gone in overtime because JJJ shouldn't have made two free throws in a row. Foul with one point five seconds. Nonetheless, they went to overtime. Um, and Ja had a alley oop there in the in overtime, and then he was celebrating, and he just kind of pointed out to the crowd and fake shot bullets into the crowd. And uh, oh my god,
1: <laughs> I didn't see that at all so yeah so that's out there
0: (laughs) if you want to go see it but nobody's really talking about it that much because everybody's talking about the pistons futility um if you have job Morant on your team uh, on your fantasy team i'm saying or on your actual nba team this guy does i mean yeah god help you (laughs) what the what the fuck like learn from your mistakes right you're supposed to but uh it's like it's like this natural reaction with him to just do stupid shit um, and not think. Yeah. And I saw his
1: dad came out and said, you know, we haven't changed our inner circle at all.
0: So good luck with that. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm worried for him still, but uh, anyways, that's insane. Just had to mention that real quick because it pissed me off. So (laughs) good call. I, I mean, I talked about, I think it was last week I was talking about how, You know, he was like, I'm back. And I'm like, just like, can you just fly under the fucking radar for just a little bit? Like, just keep it calm. Like, just go out, win games like you're doing right now. You're 4-0. Got more wins than the entire Detroit Pistons team in the last week. Like, just keep doing that and stay quiet and whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Just drive me nuts. I, I couldn't agree more. But anyways, so we talked about, unfortunately, our Pistons for a long time there, but, uh, needed to be said, needed to be talked about, had to air it out. And, uh, if you got anything extra to add, or if anybody would like to come on the podcast and, you know, talk about our Pistons as well, we would welcome that as well. So, or anything basketball related. Exactly. Anything (laughs) basketball related, but, uh, and we will for sure. So, uh, I think that covers the first half here. Um, I don't think we have too much here for the second half as far as uh, (laughs) very fantasy-related stuff, but uh, we'll get into it here. Yeah, we got some stuff. Cool. Stay tuned.
1: Hey, this is Steve from Menace Podman. Scott and I have been having a blast creating our podcast. I can't tell you how much we look forward to recording days and providing amazing NBA content to our listeners every week. It's hard work, but with the right software a lot easier. We use Podcastle to seamlessly edit and create production quality sounding podcasts. Podcastle is now equipped to record audio and video and distribute to all the places podcasts are found. You can find a link directly in the show notes to Podcastle. So if you're a podcaster or future podcaster, go check out Podcastle.
0: All right, welcome back uh, to the second here. Uh second half here of Menace Podman. Uh just real quick schedule updates. Gotta get that out there. Um we talked about this week, last week, obviously, as we always do. Uh Cleveland and the LA Clippers, only two games this week. Um actually works out kind of nice if you're a uh, holder of Kawhi Leonard, because um, he's been out a bunch and I'm sure you'll talk about that. Yep. Um But uh, looking forward into week 11 next week, there's really nothing to worry about, actually. I think every single team has three or four games, so it's um, just business as usual. But uh, we'll head into your news and notes. All right, so
1: um, the first thing I want to start with is Joel Embiid. Um, He's dealing with a sprained right ankle right now. He's going to miss his second straight game tonight, December 27th. Um, it's only two games so far, but I'm concerned about this. Um, obviously the first game that he missed was on Christmas day and for him to miss that game, um, that stands out to me personally. So, um, it's concerning. Uh, we'll get to ads in a little while, but Mo Bamba had a fantastic game on Christmas and we've talked about him in the past. He's got a, a, an awesome skill set. He just hasn't had very many opportunities this year in Philly. Um, but he's definitely a guy that um, if you have Embiid, you could do a lot worse with your last roster spot than just taking a flyer on Bamba and seeing if he can continue this production. And then you know we've also talked about B-ball Paul, yep. Paul Reed. Um, he's a guy you and I both like too, and he's been he has been solid all season, even with Embiid in the lineup. So Reed's always an option too. I think if you've got an open roster spot. If you're doing any kind of, you know, in fantasy, if you're doing any kind of, you know, streaming and stuff like that, both of those guys, and especially if you need big men, those are definitely two options there. And yeah, I'm concerned about this Embiid thing. Hopefully, it's not a big thing. Hopefully, he can come back and, and it's just a small little kind of hiccup, you know, on, on his part. But, you know, it's definitely concerning. The fact that he missed the Christmas Day game, um, to me, I, I'm a little worried about that. So just kind of,
0: keep your eyes open yeah I would say other guys I mean obviously you got to think about the rest of that team and how you feel about if you own you know any of those players um Uh, uh, we talk about Tyrese Maxey all the time Uh, obviously I love him but I think he's a lot I I mean everybody's probably a lot better right with Embiid in the lineup yes um so I mean if you are as concerned or obviously it's not time to panic right now, but I mean, I think you can look towards the future that, you know, maybe Maxi's a sell high at this point, you know, cause maybe he's yeah, not as productive for sure. without an Embiid. Yeah. Or, cause the um, defense, you know, correct. they can focus on him
1: and we saw Christmas day. He struggled. So, yeah. So um, there's those thoughts are out there. Obviously
0: it's early, but I mean, think about it.
1: Yeah, no, definitely something to think about. Just keep an eye, you know, keep an eye out. If, uh, if Embiid comes back and, and he's okay, and they're just being, you know, super cautious or whatever. Then okay, but you know, I, I'm personally a
0: little concerned, and so
1: I'm watching that team real, real close.
0: And that also, and, and the other way might be advantageous to uh, guys like Tobias Harris, right? He could be more productive if other people, like you said, are focusing on Maxie, and then yeah, he be getting more touches becomes more part of the offense than he has been. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of scenarios out there, obviously, but just nice and, to think about. We're almost into January here, which means we're
1: getting closer and closer to the trade deadline. So we're going to see a lot of, you know, rumors and speculation. And the Sixers are a team that, you know, are in the mix there. They could do a lot of things. So, you know, we'll have to kind of wait and see. Um, guy, you just mentioned Kawhi Leonard. Um, yep. He's got a left hip contusion. He's missed three straight games. So, um, you know, I, I still kind of think he's more day to day. They're just kind of being careful with, <laughs> you know, him, that's but... your
0: fault, by the way. It I'm is. Pretty sure yep. You said he hasn't missed a game all year. Yes, I did
1: <laughs> jinxed it, you know, Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully it's just a, a, you know, again, just being cautious, you know, Clippers have been really good. You know, they don't want to take any chances on anything. And yeah, like we said, you know, to his credit up until now, he hadn't missed any games. And so that's huge for him. You know, we've talked all about his history, you know, with injuries and stuff. He's older. So, um, yeah. But hopefully he can get back on the court, and uh, you know, in the meantime, you know, guys like Westbrook benefit. You know, they get more time, more usage, and uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Even um, uh, uh, Norm Powell has been picking up some some type of numbers. Not like he probably, you know, you're not going to keep him or anything. But hey, he needs some random streamer one day. Yeah, or DFS. Yep, 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 DFS wise.
1: Uh, Donovan Mitchell, he has missed three straight games with an illness, uh, but could come back tonight, December 27th. So yeah, he's, hopefully... he's sick
0: of Ohio. <laughs> That's <laughs> probably his illness. <laughs> That's a good call. Good call.
1: Um, Jimmy Butler, um, and we mentioned this earlier, but he's missed three straight games. He's got a strained left calf. So, um, you know, again, just all the guys we've been talking about on the Heat, you know, they'll continue to have – value in fantasy at least in the short term but you know if and when he does come back you know we talked last week about how bam at a bio he's back now tyler hero's back so um you know a lot of those other kind of fringy guys might start to fade you know definitely when butler gets back to the lineup but we'll have to wait and see and you know speaking of teams that could make a trade you know we've talked all about it The Heat are definitely one of those teams that can make a move at any point.
0: So, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely just keep an eye on everybody there. And can we still talk about, again, how awesome Jaime Jaquez is? Yes. And how amazing I was saying that he was going to be great (laughs) at the Miami Heat. Yes. I had that call a year ago now. Yep. And and so
1: we talked about it last week. You and I were talking about it just now before we got back on and recorded. But he's going to have potential value all throughout the year. Because again, like if anything does happen, if anybody goes down or if they decide to move him for any reason, like if they get an offer, they can't refuse and they trade him Mm -hmm. somewhere. Imagine if they traded him to a team like the Pistons, you know what I mean? Like he, his value would skyrocket. So just keep in mind, you want to always keep that in mind. And that's a really good point. Like as we get closer to the real life trade deadline, if you're in fantasy, if you're in season-long fantasy, you kind of want to, like, target some of those guys if they're sitting out there on the wire. You know, pick them up and hold them for a week or so just to kind of make sure that they don't get moved somewhere where their value is going to just go through the roof. So just keep that in mind. Yep. Um, a guy, Another guy you and I really like, uh, Jalen Johnson for the Hawks. He finally came back. He was dealing with the fractured left wrist, but he Praise did Jesus. return. Yeah. <laughs> He returned last night, December 26th, um, looked really good. He was in the starting lineup. He played 29 minutes. He had 10 points, nine boards, four assists, a steal, um, looked really good and, you know, great timing, not only for fantasy, but in real life, Atlanta needed him. So they did, you know, you and I said, he's our favorite pickup of the year so far in fantasy. And, um, yeah, I, I needed him back in my lineup too. So I was happy. Uh, but again, we've got another one in one out situation here. We've got, uh, Deandre Hunter. He's dealing right now with right knee inflammation and he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. So, um, I was about to come on here and call Sadiq Bay a potential drop. Uh, that's no longer the case. He's still, yeah. he's still a hold. He's still a guy that's going to continue to have value here. Um, you know, we'll have to see if, you know, Atlanta wants to make a move at any point. But until that happens, I think it's status quo for like all the other guys that are in their rotation right
0: now. Yeah. same that guy that's been pissing me off. I, he has been scoring a little bit Clint Capella. Um, yeah. That guy, he's, I mean, he's, he got out rebounded the other day by like almost everybody on the entire starting lineup. It was really weird. But I. I think we talked about this too in the past about how they, they don't really know how they timing you don't know what to expect as far as Okongwu and Capella who's going to be in the lineup what minutes are going to play each and every day out yeah in and out and it's 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 so frustrating it's It's confusing
1: it's it's frustrating but I love Okongwu and I love his upside and I'm hanging on to him and you know we'll see what happens you know they could they're another team that could make a trade or you know you and I have talked about Capella's history you know he's older he's injury prone he's been healthy so far knock on wood but if anything yeah. happens to them, it's all systems go for Anyako Okongwo.
0: Yeah, I guess I would say from a DFS standpoint, though, I would never put either of them in my lineup just because you don't yeah. know what you're
1: gonna get. Yeah, I think the the only time I would use them in DFS is like if it's a, an absolute like golden matchup or like if it's an opportunity for them to use that bigger lineup. They have used it a couple times this season where they've played the two of them together. So if it, you know, if it kind of seems like they're headed in that direction. Then you can maybe use one of them in DFS, especially if, like, for example, Okongwu, if he's like really cheap that night, you just plug him in with like your last yeah.
0: spot. Yeah, cost wise. Or if they're but, playing Portland, because DLK yeah, that's what I'm sucks balls. Yeah, exactly. Just anybody like that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> if they're playing a team like that, or an, an opportunity where they can go big, you know, and and you yeah. utilize that lineup and match up, you know, just situations like that. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, there's uh, opportunities, but yeah, yeah. Other than those.
1: Um, here's some bad news. Um, Nikola Vucevic for the Chicago bulls. He's got a strain left, uh, groin and he's going to be out at least seven to 10 days. So, um, again, we'll get to ads, but our guy, Andre Drummond, former piston kind of, you know, going back in time here, hot tub time machine.
0: Yeah. Looking like,
1: uh, looking like his Pistons prime days, you know, 20 points, 20 boards,
0: yeah, almost 25-25. Yeah, close. bunch of boor,
1: um, uh, bunch of blocks, awesome field goal percentage. Did he even miss a shot last uh, night? I December twenty sixth.
0: I think he did. I'd have to look it up again. But
1: knocked down his free throws. I, I think mean, it was, was like eighty.
0: It. I think it was like eighty six percent shooting. I believe
1: he had it going, man. I I almost picked him up before the game started, but I didn't really have like an open spot. But uh, I thought about it. I thought about trying to, like, figure out a way to get him in my
0: lineup. 84.6, 11 for 13. Yeah. But, uh,
1: yeah, great game and definitely, um, you know, a, a must-add in fantasy, especially if you have Vucevic and you can just, you know, throw him in an IL and just pluck Andre Drummond. Um, But you and I, we've talked about Patrick Williams, too, and he's been kind of down the last couple of games, but he's a guy that I'm hanging on to as well. I think he's got a lot of upside still, especially in nine cat. Um, so he's a guy I like as well, but Drummond right now, you know, and especially if you need a big man, it's a no brainer pickup, but we'll get to that in a little bit here. Um, speaking of big men, you know, we've been talking about Mark Williams on the Hornets. He's still dealing with the low back contusion. He's now missed eight straight games and he remains out basically indefinitely. You know, there hasn't been a lot of updates, um, you know, I still don't really get the sense that he's going to miss a, a lot more time, but you know, I keep saying that, and he, he's yet to come back. And they're like I said, they haven't provided a lot of updates. We don't know, you know, is he practicing at all? Is he limited? Like, what's going on? So, um, if you own him, you just have to kind of stay patient, just keep him on your IL, and hope for the best. And you know, we said, um, Nick Richards, he's filled in, you know, nicely, but. They're a team that they they tend to go smaller at times. You know, they've got guys like P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, Gordon Hayward, and a lot of those guys are out in and out of the lineup day-to-day, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, you just kind of have to take it by, game by game with that whole team, really, at this point. Um, Some good news, though. We talked about this guy last week, Marcus Smart. Um, it took a little while. We thought he was maybe going to return in the middle of last week. Uh, instead, he didn't return until last night, again, December 26th. Um, he was out with the sprain left foot, but he returned. He got in the starting lineup next to John Morant, and he played 29 minutes. He had 13 points, a couple of three-pointers. He had five steals and a block. So pretty much like vintage Marcus Smart. Yep. And, you know, you and I called it before the season. We said they were probably going to start those two together in the backcourt. And for anybody who plays fantasy, um, on Yahoo right now, smart only has point guard eligibility. I fully expect that to change. I think he's going to get shooting guard eligibility as well. Um, uh, he probably should have had it all season long. Uh, but in any case, I expect that to be changed shortly. And so that just, you know, adds to his value and, you know, Memphis is, you know, coming back, they're getting full strength. Um, you know, I think this is pretty much how they're going to look, you know, as long as they can stay healthy. This should, you know, be how they look moving forward. You know, I yeah, think those yeah. two will start together in the backcourt. I think Desmond Bain moves over to the small forward spot. You got JJJ at the four, and you've got uh, Bismack Biyombo starting in the middle in place of, you know, Stephen Adams, who we said is out
0: for the season. Yeah, so. yeah you're going to stay healthy or just, just stay on the floor in other ways. Yeah,
1: and behave yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I like, I mean, I, we go back to last year and, and like Memphis has been good and they were, I, I kept saying all year last year, they were overrated um, and they proved that. But um, I don't know. I just, there's something about Memphis that I don't, I, I can't put my finger on it. They just don't have it. There's, it's like, they're still missing something. And maybe it is because what you just said, Bianbo, right? That's your starting center. Maybe that's yeah. a, a hole there. Um, I don't know. There's, there's just something weird there. They need some more vets.
1: Um, You know, they probably need to make a move at the deadline. And, and, you know, you and I keep talking about Luke Kennard. He's a guy, you know, former piston. Um, He's a guy though, that fits their team nicely and gives them exactly what they're missing right now. So I think he's going to be bigger for them than people realize. So, and he, and like we said, he had a really good end of the season last season. So um, he's a guy that I think has low end fantasy value at this point. But, in real life, I think he's going to help them a ton, so they need him to come back
0: yeah i I think we also talked about it in the past that I think Memphis, if I recall, has some of the most cap space available to use i believe i'd I'd have to look that up and re, you know um check well, my details extended
1: they extended, extended bane and stuff, so I think that, oh that's true, yeah yeah i think they i think that ship might have sailed, i just but,
0: i think I remember in the off season um talking about the possibility of them you know being a team that could lure LeBron James if they, you know, drafted Brownie or something like that. Well, they still um,
1: could because, you know, they could, you know. Just because so, LeBron continues to play doesn't mean that he has to demand an annual salary of the max or whatever. Like he could sign a true. cheap deal and just yeah. say, "You know what? I've made my money. I really want to play with my son. That's all I care about." And that could happen.
0: Yeah. So, and that would you're exactly right. And that would be a decent place that he could still somewhat maybe win. Right. Yeah. So I wouldn't shut the door on that thought at all. What if they can't remember if they had any Memphis connections. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. It was out there. I remember talking about it a long time ago.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, we spent all last segment talking about the Pistons, but Jalen Duran, like we mentioned, um, he was out with the sprained left ankle, but he finally came back last night, December twenty-sixth. He was back in the starting lineup and he played thirty-three minutes. He had twelve points, fifteen boards a steal and a block, you know, looked like his self, you know. And like we said, he's a good young player. He's been awesome in fantasy. Anybody who has him had to be stoked to get him back in their lineup. And, yeah. you know, he's the one guy, you know, one of the, the few guys on the Pistons that to me would be untouchable right now. You just play okay. him, utilize him and and whatever happens, happens. And yeah. I, and I have the same, I take the same approach to him in fantasy. So. Speaking of Pistons, former Piston, Bruce Brown of the now Indiana Pacers, um, he's got a bruised right knee, and he's missed two straight games. Uh, Remains day-to-day, but the way Rick Carlisle was talking about him made me think that he's maybe going to miss a little bit more time. Um, They're on the road right now. I think they're – I want to say they're at Chicago for their next game, if I remember correctly. Um. But in any case, I could see him missing their next game at the minimum. And, you know, we'll talk
0: on the 28th and back home against the Knicks on the 30th.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, again, we'll get to ads in a little bit, but um, they've got a lot of good and they've been shuffling their lineup a lot. Um, But Aaron Neesmith, he's been really solid all year. And he's a guy that I picked up um, mainly to stream for like the holiday weekend. Uh, But he's a guy that I think I'm going to hang on to for a little bit. He's just been. You know, pretty steady, pretty solid, Um, nothing more than like an end-of-the-bench type of guy. But nonetheless, um, you know, he's been playing well. He's been very efficient. And Indiana's got a a big schedule coming up here. They're going to be playing a ton of games. So keep that in mind. Um, yeah,
0: and I think they slid up what well, it was, uh, Andrew Nemhard, too, into the starting lineup. I think in place of Bruce Brown, if I remember right. Yes, yep. and he, he was all right as well. I think, uh, let me look this up. Yeah, and Smith is
1: like to... starting now again for Obi Toppin. and okay. Buddy Heald. Those two yeah. both came out, so yeah, they're, there you go. they're shuffling their lineup a ton here. So, um, but they've got a lot of games, like we said, coming up. So just you know, watch that team closely. And again, I just think Neesmith, you know, he's
0: a nice player. Um, he's been solid all year. And then, yeah. and then also Benedict Matherin, I always am pretty high on him. He's, he hasn't been getting as much minutes as those other guys we've kind of. Yeah, mentioned right and now. he's not
1: as efficient, but he's yeah. got a ton of upside. Yeah, a ton. And, and so, so, yeah, you know, if, if they continue to lose games and stuff. And Isaiah Jackson, got to mention
0: him too. He's been uh, absolutely really good lately. So. Yeah,
1: he might have the most upside out
0: of anybody. So, yeah, for sure. He's um, actually taking away from Miles Turner, my yeah, opinion, um, yeah. a lot. So. And,
1: and and I can't really be too upset about that because, <laughs> you know, they're both really good players. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah Jackson's a guy that, like, a lot of teams could target right now because yep. not only is he good, he's young, and he's on a really cheap contract. So, yeah, just keep that in mind. Again, as we get closer and closer to February here, we're going to be harping on that. you got to yep. start kind of foreshadowing some of these things. And looking at some of these players, if they're sitting on the wire, you got to have that like long-term approach too. So, uh Shaden Sharp with the Blazers. He's out right now with a strained right groin. He's missed three straight games. Remains day-to-day, but, you know, obviously groin injuries, you can't take those lightly. Um, So, again, they're, you know, Portland's another team that's just been shuffling their lineup and, you know, using anybody that they can. Matisse thibel has been pretty solid lately. He's never a guy that's going to score a lot, but he just does a lot across the board. And if he has consistent minutes, um, he's kind of a no brainer, you know, at least yeah. in terms of using as a, as a streamer. Same with the uh,
0: Malcolm uh, Brogdon. He's got some. Oh yeah. He's he's obviously throughout the year he's been. I think to me he's like the ultimate, not one of the ultimate streamers where he was pretty good. He hasn't been getting as many shots up though. as um, no. Now recent. that all their
1: guards are back, yes, Simons and yeah. Scoot being back, you know it's definitely impacted his role. But here's the big thing with him, and we said this before the year. I still think that he's a giant trade candidate. Mm-hmm. I think he's a guy that they absolutely at some point are going to say let's get something for him. You know, especially the. They're another team. They continue to lose games. Nothing to play for this season. You might as well get something for them. Yep. So, yeah, I, I fully expect Brogdon's going to get traded at some point here. So just keep that in mind. And then a guy that uh, we've been talking about a lot, Keonti George for the Jazz, um, he was dealing with left foot inflammation, but he returned last night as well, December 26th. Um, he came off the bench, and he's on a minutes restriction right now. And we've talked all about the Jazz, you know, especially their backcourt. They've just been shuffling players as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you Sexton ever
0: made... Sexton had a cool dunk the other day, though. I don't know if you saw that. I he mean, did, and he's and he's
1: and he's hot right now. He's playing really well. I wanted to acknowledge that. Um, yeah. He's a guy that I typically am not a huge fan of, especially in nine cat. But he is playing really well right now. He's hot. Um, Jordan Clarkson, he's back now as well, yep. and he's playing well. So uh, yeah, just you know. It's a tough situation in fantasy for season long. But, you know, I think Keontae George is a perfect example of like you were talking about before. If you're in a league that has like an IL plus spot, maybe just leave him in IL plus if you can and just let him sit for a couple games till he gets his mojo back. Um, if you're able to do that, you know, but every yeah. situation's different.
0: Yeah, obviously you can't make any moves usually until you move them off. But yeah, know, if you're in an okay spot. Yeah. I love doing that. I actually, I mean, I did that unfortunately with Jalen Johnson yesterday because I had some other people, you know, playing anyway. So yeah, I just left him there. Just feel it out, see how he plays. And now yep. I took him off. Yep. <laughs> so, that's
1: that's what you do. Yep. Um, Super quick day-to-day list here. Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, DeAndre Ayton, Gordon Hayward, and Brandon Miller all day-to-day. And as far as ads go, like I said, I would prioritize Andre Drummond first and foremost, you know, with Vucevic being out for a couple of weeks. Um, this is a good time for Drummond to play and uh, and boost his value. Because, again, you know, we talk about all these potential real life trades. He's a guy that a team could come calling to. You know, imagine a, if a team like Memphis was able to oh, put yeah. together a move, you know, a trade to get Drummond with those guys. Man, that'd be sick. Yep. Um. One guy that we've been talking about as more of a streamer, but I really want to acknowledge how well he's played all season long, is Grayson Allen with mm-hmm. the Suns. He's really, like, I picked him up. Again, he's another guy that I streamed for this past weekend for the holidays, and I'm going to keep him for a little bit. You know, you know, obviously Bradley Beal's still out, um, but they've had a lot of guys in and out of the lineup. Um, But, yeah, he's played really well, and, you know, just want to
0: shout him out. You know, I I love when we talk about guys that uh, we put on like our late round targets or sleepers or whatnot lists before the season started. Because yeah, Grace Grayson Allen was one of those guys on yeah. the list. You've, um, you've you've made a lot of good calls. They've... Um, there's there's my other guys. Obviously, that takes time to yes you know, get good. I mean, you've you've called out Tyrese Eason, who's been a little. He, he was out of the lineup a couple times, but he's been great the last couple. What was that a few games? I don't mm-hmm. know how many games it's been, but that's one of your great guys. He's been awesome. Um yeah. guy a guy you're talking about giving shout outs. Um the one of my deep, deep sleepers who's finally getting more minutes, more touches, Anthony Black yep. Orlando, had a career game the other day. Shot nine for thirteen, four for six from three, uh, twenty-three points, four steals, six boards and an assist. Um, man, if he starts putting up any Anything close to numbers like that on a regular basis—that's awesome. Um, and he was one of my my deep sleeper guys that I loved. I it just and it's it's always the mentality though in Orlando that it's like you know anybody's gonna get a shot there. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, if he, why not him? And if he shows something, um, he, he's gonna get time. He's gonna play. So. And
1: especially with Markel Folt still being out, Correct. he's got you know tons of opportunity. And here's another guy that you like, Brandon Podemski. Yep, got to shout yep. him out too. He has been awesome filling in for uh Draymond green spot and yeah, he's a hold right now. I think for sure he's, uh, he's been amazing. So um, we talked about Aaron Neesmith already. Yep. Torian Prince for the Lakers. Yeah. He's low end value, but he can score. He can do a little bit of other stuff. And he's got a consistent role. He's been starting. He's been playing a ton of minutes. So he's a guy that I like right now. The Lakers don't play again for a couple of days, but um, he's a guy that right now I think, you know, is looking like a hold. And then
0: I was going to say another guy too, uh, that we, you know, he was a guy earlier in the year that people had, he got hot then all of a sudden he became a drop and everybody got rid of him. Lou Dort has been putting it on the last few games.
1: And that's one that I called because, you know, oh. OKC doesn't have a ton of depth. And yeah. they really like Dort. You know, he's got a consistent. He's another one, like you said, consistent role in the starting lineup. Pretty consistent minutes, usually around the 30 range, you know, maybe mm-hmm. give or take a couple. Yep. But um yeah, he's and, and again, these are not like studs. They're not like, you know. Stars, they're not going to go out and score a bunch of points or get on Sports Center or anything like that. But in terms of fantasy, like in terms of depth and you know stuff like that, like they they do a lot across the board, and that's something you got to always keep in mind. And that's a perfect segue to the next guy I'm going to talk about, which again we mentioned him earlier. But Matisse Thybul, you know, right now with Portland, they're running out of bodies, and you know we mentioned Aiton's day to day again. Um, You know, but we mentioned the Shaden Sharp thing. And, yeah, Theibel's a guy that, like, whether he starts or comes off the bench, like, he's got a pretty consistent role, and he's a guy that does a lot. He does everything but score. But, like, he can shoot threes, but he gets a ton of defensive stats. He usually gets some assists, some rebounds. Like, he just does a little bit of everything. So, on nights when he's playing, he's a guy you can stream, and he's a guy you can use in DFS, you know, and usually a cheap option. So. You got to always keep that in mind. And then the last guy I wanted to mention again is Mo Baba. You know, he's coming off a really big game. Um, He and Paul Reed, I think as long as Embiid's out, they're both options. Absolutely.
0: And then actually being here in Detroit, just the other day, um, Brooklyn, Dayron Sharp. um, Yeah. He's like fringe. Keep an eye on him. Um, He's, he's. Putting up value.
1: He reminds me a lot of Isaiah Jackson. He's doing a lot of damage in a low amount of minutes. Yep. So, uh, but again, you know, another opportunity to talk about you got to pay attention to these guys because these are guys that, like if there is an injury and they get bumped up in terms of minutes and stuff, their value is going to skyrocket or if they get traded, you
0: know, and you it's stay on top of that. Excuse me. we you look at the other end of it too, where you look at a guy like Nick Claxon. That's that's a guy that's cutting into Nick claxton productivity most likely yeah. so if you got a nick claxton maybe that's a guy you get you know some type of trade value for right now if guys maybe he'll lose some of his value going forward so
1: yeah um, it all depends on your team and what you need right now and where you're at in the standings
0: and all that stuff got to just yeah. always
1: keep an open mind
0: i'm i'm always looking for that type of stuff we mentioned a trade i did off air obviously some of the guys listening know all about it um but yeah there's guys like walker kessler i love walker kessler i want him on my we team. We both do. He's, He's yeah, he's huge for blocks, and uh, I just see him going up, nothing but up from here, right? I had so much high expectations at the beginning of the year, um, and I expect him still to get you know close to those expectations that I had, even after the slow start. So, I love I love looking at the uh, the positive side of things and seeing you know let's just get better going forward. So, time to go, Maryland. Anyways, I think that covers it. We had a bunch of Pistons talk. We had uh, get some good transaction news for you and all that good stuff. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Happy New Year! Yeah, I was gonna say I think
1: that's a wrap on 2023.
0: Yeah, I think that does it. Next time we'll talk to you. It'd be 2024. Um,
1: Yeah. And like we said too, celebrating our one year anniversary.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Even though we haven't. (laughs) <laughs> tried to think about the official date there like we said last week and then spotify sent a thing that said we published on the 21st yeah they uh, might
1: have jumped the gun a little bit hard to tell yeah, it's a little murky
0: we, yeah we talked about uh we might have done some uh you know playing around some experimental stuff we, we i mean shit we didn't know what we were doing a year ago we probably yeah. still uh, we, we somewhat know what we're doing now i think i didn't but, even uh, have a mic exactly yeah we had uh we have come a long we, way man the mics are off yeah. Going for actually, too, the soundboard stuff, just to mention, if you don't hear as many sound drops, we're, we're just as disappointed as you are. Um, yeah. but we've had some issues with the Riverside um, recording studio. that we've That's my New in.
1: Year's resolution. Is we're we're going to find a long term fix
0: for that. Yeah. So we might head over and do everything strictly in podcast. We'll add some stuff in afterwards, but uh, we'll see. Whatever. Nonetheless, the content's there hopefully everybody enjoys it hopefully everybody has enjoyed it all year for all of 2023 and uh yeah like you said happy new year and we'll talk to you in 2024 so pop some champagne
1: champagne
0: thanks scott thank you Hey, it's Scott from Menace Podman, and if you love sports and you're a somewhat low-key gambling degenerate like I am, you should definitely check out Outlier.bet. They have a super easy-to-use platform um, supported on both mobile and desktop sites, um, and it really allows you to crunch the numbers and make you get some confidence in the bets that you're making. Um, You can do multiple things um, on Outlier. Uh, You can explore across multiple markets Uh, You can get suggestions on curated picks. Um, You can analyze trends, matchup data, line movement. And my favorite feature, um, Outlier is integrated with multiple betting sites. So you can seamlessly transfer your picks to automatically fill out your bet slips um, with just as easy as two clicks. Um, So there's a link directly in the show notes to Outlier. You should check them out. Um, Click on the link, go to the site, sign up, get a free seven-day trial of Outlier. And go win some money.
1: And Miss Parliament.